Amen. Well, you guys may be seated in the house. Man, what an incredible song. Just powerful. Man, when I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm just thinking, man, like Tom Brady's been to the Super Bowl 10 times. He's won six of them. I mean, he doesn't need another one. He's 43 years old. He can be doing something else. But he wants another one, right? Here we are. We got a God of all the universe. He owns it all. He created it all. But he still wants us. Amen. He still wants our heart. He still wants our affection. He still wants relationship with us. How beautiful is that? Amen. Incredible. Well, welcome to church. So good to have everybody here today. There's a lot going on, so I'm going to move quickly. Can you go with me? Okay. It took y'all forever to make that, to throw it in. I don't, my gosh. I was in there in my office like, uh, it's five minutes. So apparently there's no Tom Brady's in here. Cool. All good, except for me, but not, not in here. In, no, I'm just playing. Okay, um, so we're going to roll with it, but we are uh, in, a, uh, in, a, in a series we've been in, and we're going to jump into that here today, but we want to announce something. We're getting into the groove. We got Vision Sunday coming up next week. That has a lot going on with it, uh, depending on what happens tomorrow will determine, or really over the next couple of weeks, determine kind of how these next week are going. Uh, our prayer team this morning, the guy that leads that out, told me, Pastor, God is saying, get ready for an audible, so it's fitting for the day. But uh, we have a lot going on, not just service-wise, but we got stuff going on behind the scenes. So we could be making an offer on a building tomorrow. We'll see what happens. We'll see. We're talking millions of dollars, so everybody needs to be praying. Okay? I've been praying. We talking a couple meals, so uh, it's not, it's a big deal. A couple meals, a big deal. Um, but um, uh, apparently, from the building we were looking at before, God has a bigger vision than what I thought. So this building is massive. It's massive. Um, Sixty-three thousand square feet, massive. Um, so we've been doing church in this is 60, uh, 67, 88, I think, is what the total square foot of this building is. Um, so we've been in a small space, so times that times almost 10, that's the space which we will be possibly moving into, so we'll see what happens. It's all right. It's all right. So we'll see what happens. A lot going on. Um, and then uh, Pastor Brian, Brian, Pastor Brian's going to come up. Pastor Brian's my brother, been on staff for two and a half years. Um, he's legit. So um, Pastor Brian, one of the things this year uh, with the staff and kind of what you can kind of see through our, our nation, what we're dealing with in our society here today, how progressive it is getting and, uh, you know, this progressive wave that is, is infiltrated our country. It's a 50-year plan that's been going on for a long period of time, so it's no surprise for individuals that pay attention. But maybe if you're just tuning into the dynamics of what's going on in our country, you're seeing now the effects of a lot of planning that's gone on over a long period of time to undermine uh, the values of the individuals that started this country. So you're seeing a massive progressive wave flowing in our country here today. And so with that, uh, the body of Christ has got to rise up and stand by what we believe because these individuals that are operating and in power today are the same individuals with the radical uh, agenda are the same individuals that go after religious individuals, the same individuals. And so it's a lie of the enemy in order to whatever. I'm not going to get down, down into those trenches. I've already gone there with you guys. Uh, so if you hear, you, you know what's up. But uh, the reality 
speaking to our staff, I'm like, you guys, you guys got to be all in. I mean, last year, that was the word for last year, all in. How crazy was it that that is the reality of what we live in and we live through? Praise God that we have a church that's all in that uh, really believes what we believe. We're not falling victim to whatever craziness is going on into the world. Uh, and so I've talked to the staff and I like, dude, you got to be ready to be all in because we could have this opportunity that's right ahead of us. That's going to require a whole lot of ride or die. And, uh, and also with the world in which we live in, that's becoming ever more um, uh, contentious towards our belief system. We don't need people in our church like that is wish-washy and where they're at. Not, not saying that, that's a, not a setup for what I'm about to say right here. It kind of is in a sense on being all in, but not in like where Brian, Pastor Brian is at. Uh, but Br Pastor Brian, two and a half years ago, was in a place he was trying to figure out what exactly God, where God was moving him in this next season of life. Uh, he's been in ministry since 17 years old, full-time staff at uh, my dad's church since, since he was 17. Two and a half years ago when we had a conversation, he didn't know if he was going to go full-time secular world and rock that and pull out of ministry. And I said, hey, well, don't pull out of ministry. This is after having multiple conversations. Well, don't pull out of ministry. Come on, Pearl Street Church. We'll do ministry at a high level. We'll do some things that we've always dreamed about doing, which we have. And uh, here we are two and a half years later, and I'm having this conversation with staff. And so he came to me and said, I don't know if I got the time and energy. He's had a kid lately. Um, Jack is how old? Just turned Jack one yesterday. One, yes. We just went to the birthday party. Duh, Brent. Um, <laughs> so his, his life and season of life has changed dramatically. And then what was required at Pearl Street Church is changing. And so just in that reality, he's going to pursue some things and then take on a responsibility that's less responsibility. He's still going to stay in ministry. Praise God. We don't know what the future holds after, but uh, he's still going to stay in ministry at my brother's church, Rebel Church. And uh, so that's what he's going to be doing. Uh, but we value his input for the last two and a half years. Um, he has done a great job building up a young generation on our media team, our creatives, our worship team. Um, and so I'm forever thankful. And we can sit here to say, sit here today, I can sit here today and say, we've done for Pastor Brian and his family what they needed in their season of time and loving on them, empowering them, strengthening them, giving them opportunity and uh, putting them in the best position to win, yeah. not just spiritually, but also personally. Yeah. And so uh, we've done a great job. Great job to everybody in here. And we love him. So I'll let you say whatever you're going to say, and then we're going to pray for him. Yes. Uh, well, preach like a mad, obviously, mad <laughs> yeah, you gotta be, we got to be quick. Uh, obviously, it's been an honor. Um, I've cried a lot. Uh, it's been a bittersweet thing for me. And uh, I really believe Pastor Brent has um, the heart, the vision, um, because obviously I don't want to leave, but I, I'm listening to the voice of God and I was stirred and I feel like God's directing me. Yeah. And so um, I believe I'm leaving a great thing, but I do believe that Pastor Brent is pushing this thing and that so many people in this next season, revival, so many people in this Amen. next season are going to be brought yeah, yeah, yeah. to Jesus because Let's of go. this man. So it's been an honor. To all the creative peeps, I love you guys. You're being left in great hands. You guys are amazing. Come on, let's give it up for them. All the creatives. And I'm just, I'm just honored for the platform, honored for um, everything that you've poured into me over these last few years. Here. Appreciate so, it, man. We sir, love, you. love you. Love your family. Let's go. Let's pray over him. God, we love you, Lord. We thank you for the gift that Pastor Brian has, and Lord, how he's invested it in our church, God. And we just pray, Lord, that as you are moving him into this next season, that he already has favor. 
before he goes, God, there's already divine connections and, and relationships that are going to happen. You're setting those things up right now in the spiritual realm so that they become uh, to fruition in the natural realm, God. So, Lord, your hand of protection over him, your hand of favor, God, your hand of blessing in his life and in his family, God. Father, we pray all that you have designed and destined in these years of his life, in this season of life, would come to fruition. As he operates in obedience towards your call, God, may you operate in faithfulness towards his destiny. In Jesus' name, we pray pray and everybody says amen and amen. We love you, my man. We love you. All right. Uh, well, uh, so let's jump straight in. We've been in a series called Back to the Basics. After a year like 2020, um, you know, it's, it's important for us to get back to the basics. You know, in life, it's very easy. When you get out of rhythm in, in life, it's very easy to get out of, or when life changes, it's very easy to get out of rhythm that now all of a sudden, maybe there's some things going on that aren't necessarily producing the results that you're looking for and really what God is expecting. So we, I decided to do a series back to the basics. So week number one, we talked about just the fundamentals of fundamental basic belief, believing that God's word is true and that God can move how he wants to move to speak dead things back to life. Maybe there's some sick things around us that he can heal and restore. I mean, God can do, right? Fundamental belief. We believe. Week number two, we talked about prayer and fasting, that man, a fundamental thing is pushing away from natural things and pressing into spiritual things. That's the beauty of prayer and fasting. We're pushing away from natural, we're pressing into spiritual for God to move. And sometimes we got to put a little press, push behind those prayers with fasting, right? As Jesus said, sometimes you got to pray and fast to see certain things happen. Now, third week, we talked about the mind. It can either be a garden or it can be a garbage dump. What are you planting inside of there ultimately will determine what's growing inside of it, right? We got to take... Every, captive every thought and submit those things to Christ that we can continue to honor God right here inside of our minds. And so goes the mind, so goes the life, right? Uh, week number, that was week number four. Week number five, we talked about, no, that was week number four. That was week number three. Week number four, uh, four we talked about um, generosity. There you go. We talked about money. You're right. Money. We talked about your money and, and, and uh, Knowing that everything comes from God and being good stewards of what he's placed in our hands. And man, every good gift comes from him. And if we can operate in generosity and faithfulness and obedience and tithing, man, God's blessing. That's where he says, open a can of, he will open a can of generosity on our lives. He says, open a window. I say, open a can. Malachi 3.10. Amen. <laughs> Last week, we talked about our bodies and man, our temples. And are we taking care of our bodies? And if we're not taking care of our bodies, maybe we don't care the way God cares about them, Right. He cares about our bodies and how we use them and how we honor him with them. If it, these are temples of the Holy Spirit, we want these things to be presentable for him, right? So sometimes it's easy to get off course in that dynamic. Well, today we want to talk about, man, working the rhythm. Back to the basics is all about working the rhythm. We may know what to do, but we may not necessarily be, be operating the way we know we should be operating, right? And so if you want to take notes, write this across the top of your paper, Work the rhythm, work the rhythm, work the rhythm, work, 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 work the rhythm. How many of you guys have those things in your life that you know are beneficial for you, but you don't actually do it, right? You know a budget is beneficial, but you don't live on a budget, right? She doesn't. You do. Good luck, buddy. Super Bowl's not saving you, buddy. <laughs> you know, there's, there's things, right? 21 day fast, you know, it's beneficial, right? But you may not always operate in a fast. 
right? I mean, I've talked to so many people. We just got done with our 21-day fast. If you weren't here for worship night, you missed out. It was legitimo. If you thought this was good, God will move it, right? Anytime we're worshiping, it's good. Don't get me wrong, right? But um, man, it was so good. I has, I talked to, I've talked to so many people that, man, during this fast, there's so much clarity. I'm going to talk about some stories to you in just a minute. Um, but you know, just people are like, I don't know that I want to end the fast. I think I just want to continue to operate like this, right? I came in this morning. I'm back on coffee again, <laughs> right? Back on it. If you didn't know, hey, okay? you know, I'm on again. I'm on it. And this morning during huddle, I'm like, dude, like my thoughts aren't connected. Like what's going on? I'm like, coffee, you know, you taste so good, <laughs> but you jack me up, right? You mess up my mind. Um, but man, there's so many things, right? That like, you know, we, we know they're beneficial, but it's hard to work that rhythm to get the outcome because, you know, it's like 10 years ago when I first started working out, I had this picture on my phone and I was scrolling through the other day. I thought it was so hilarious because I came across this picture and I had like a cutoff shirt on. It was 10 years ago. I'm like looking in the mirror like, ugh. But I worked out one time. It's like I worked out one time. I was like, dude, look at it. Like... Right? I mean, you're, you've been there before. You, like, you do something once and you're like, oh man. Shoot, I think I lost like 50 pounds. It's funny how we do this in life, but one time we will feel the effects and usually the effects is all mental, but a rhythm where you work it, that's where you see results. You're in that results like, oh, I see the result. I lost. I don't think I lost the 10 pounds. Look at the scale, baby. 10 pounds gone in Jesus name, right? Now through the prayer and fasting that we just got done with, I lost five. But I could have lost 15. I was just eating so much almond butter on the front end. Them granny apples, dude, I was eating so much almond butter, I knew nothing. You know how long it took me to gain that five, five pounds back? Me and Heather just went to Austin for three days. It's, I think I gained 10 pounds. That ultimately, right? I'm net. You're like, I'm netting 10 right now in Jesus' name. But to get the, the results, sometimes... We, we, we can do one thing and see effects, but man, we're looking for the long-term results. Now, we got football going, and I'm going to throw one, I'm gonna throw one ball, and if I miss it, then I'm not going to share the point. Can I get the ball one time? I was a quarterback back in the day. You know, Tom Brady, you know, these guys, they work it. Uh, you know, Tom Brady doesn't go one for 40 and end up in the Super Bowl, right? Tom Brady's going to go 30, 35 for like 40, okay? I personally would probably go like 38 for 40, 39 for 40, but that's cool. Whoever they want to get, right? But the reality is like, oh, I'm throwing on an angle. Okay. No, I don't want to hit somebody. You just put it in that corner over there. I'm going to throw it right over their head. Oh, you're going like right there. So what's the reality? When you get to like, you have a talent and you want to be proficient in it, right? What do you do? You work it. Man, I'm like, you got practice, right? You got to build the rhythm into your life every day. So let's see if I can hit this. I got the jacket on, you know, let's see if it works. Oh my gosh. Did I hit her? Jesus is Lord. Okay, one more time. I'm going to throw one more just to prove the point. If I don't, I don't get to share the point. Last service, I hit it in one, and then that was like the point worked so good, right? So I played quarterback, did this. I haven't thrown a football like in a year, but all good, right? Oh, Jesus is Lord. Okay, now that's the point. That's why I'm not in the Super Bowl. I'm up here preaching today. Okay, cool. But what's the reality? When you have this thing and you build the rhythms, especially the guys that are playing in the Super Bowl today, they are out there every single day working a rhythm to create proficiency. They just don't want the effects 
to be able to throw one good pass or catch the ball one time. They want the results to prove and bring proficiency to uh, their lives. And ultimately, this is the rhythm. When we work these biblical rhythms into our lives, it's not just that one day where we're like, I prayed this prayer and man, God moved on my behalf. And then I prayed this prayer one day and God didn't move. So God's not real anymore, right? All of a sudden, because we have this rhythm of, well, when, he, when we do this thing, then immediately this happens, or we do this thing and it doesn't happen, then we, we walk away. No, it's an everyday thing. We may, we may miss two like that and be really humiliated, <laughs> but you still keep preaching, right? <laughs> You're working it in. Spiritual maturity is moving yourself from a place, right? You want to get in the rhythm where this is the lifestyle. This is what you do. Every single day, you're operating in a place on, I want to know what God's word says, yeah. I want to pray that God gives me the strength to live that, yeah. Man, I want to be able to follow in righteousness every single day. That's, what, that's my rhythm. It doesn't matter what's happening. It doesn't matter what's going on inside of life. Spiritual maturity is when we first are in life and we are living, when we are living from our parents' faith, or maybe we don't have any foundation of faith in our lives, and this is just the pursuit of God upon every life. Yet, yet while we were sinners, Christ died for us, Romans. This is God pursuing us, man. Let me give you the gospel. I will send my son to die for you. I will send my Holy Spirit to be with you. I will always be chasing you down. Spiritual immaturity is this. God always needs to chase me down so that I'll turn towards him and honor him. Spiritual maturity is this. Yet while I was a sinner, Christ chased me down. Now that I know Christ, I live a life of pursuit of him. It's no longer living this, if God, then I. It's because God, then I, right? I'm living a life to honor him. He is such a good God. We send our prayer up, right? We send our, our righteous lives up. God, look at us. We're obeying you. He says in his word, you know, Exodus 20, man, if you obey, then I will bless. If you obey, then I will bless. Operate like this, then I'm going to bless you, right? It's we are doing something, then he's moving how he wants to move. We're not, we don't need God to move anymore. He's already moved, right? It's, man, if we, then he, we live from that. If we continue to obey, he will continue to rain down blessing. That's where we show up in this place every single Sunday to say, we have been in obedience. God has been faithful. We're coming in here to praise him. That's the life. It's not, well, we walk in and well, God hasn't been good this week. And because he hasn't been good this week, I'm not going to pray. No, the rhythm, man, we know what his word says, man. We're going to pray for strength to live that thing every single day. And because he is good, man, we are going to continue to just follow him and live righteously, a living sacrifice right before him. Amen. But there's this thing called sin and we all know that it is a struggle. And not only that, is it a struggle for us? It was a struggle for the individual that wrote two thirds of the new Testament, the apostle Paul. He would write in Romans chapter seven. So the trouble is not with the law for it is spiritual and it is good. The problem is not with God's word. It's not with the expectation. The problem is not there. Who's the problem with? The trouble is with me. That's what I love about the word. 
It is capitalistic. The responsibility is in the individual. Take responsibility for your actions. Take responsibility for your choices. Don't put it on the government. Put it on you. Be responsible. Make good choices. If you don't know, go find out what's up. If you're dumb, go to school, right? Figure it out. Right? But now that you do know and you are blessed, use your gifts to be generous with people, right? That's how it's supposed to work. We're not supposed to allow the government to take the responsibility of the church. I don't want them to have more of my taxes because they're not a godly institution. We want the church, we want the body of Christ to have the resources in order to be generous according to our value system, not mandated by a government. It's the difference between the philosophies and ideas that are at work inside of our country today. If you don't take the Bible and apply it to your politics, you could be voting for the very thing that is contrary to your belief system. Careful. Okay, it got political real quick and that got quiet. Cool, let me preach back on where we're going. Okay. So the problem's not with the law, the problem's with you and me. We're the issues. We're the problems. We're the struggle, right? For all, for he says in here, for I am all too human, amen, a slave to sin. Verse number 15, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate, Now, he's speaking directly towards the law and the concept of of sin, that we are humans, and sin entered into the world, and we have this sin issue inside of our lives, but because of Christ, we have the power to overcome. But the knowing of what we should be doing on this side of Jesus, we've met Jesus. We know what is right and wrong, right? We've been washed by the Holy Spirit, right, as as, uh, uh, John the Baptist would say. I baptize you with water. One is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The moment you say yes to Jesus, there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit where now your conscience is clear. The Holy Spirit is upon your life. Now the Holy Spirit is leading us into all truth. We know right from wrong, but we still have a sin nature because there's flesh on the inside, on the outside of us. It's sinful. It wants to please itself. It wants to do and all. I mean, we got to keep on putting a nine mil to that every single day. Put that to death. Come alive in Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit to live a life to overcome. But he says, I do the things that I don't want to do, and I don't do the things that I do want to do. We're in good company, okay? So if you're in the struggle, cool. Don't give up. Keep on building those biblical rhythms. Keep on working the system. Keep on moving forward. Matthew 6 was saying, verse number 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give everything to you. What is he saying? Get your heart towards God. We talk about this a lot around here. Live your life not running and God having to chase you down all the time. Live your life pointed towards God where, man, you are seeking the kingdom. Man, you are living righteously. And, man, blessings raining down on your life. How do you do this? It's simple. Number one, remain in him. He says in John 15, I am the grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and what? I will remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. You cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Come on, anybody in here that's trying to do things in of your own power, by your own work, for your own reason, your own purposes. Apart from him, you can do nothing to advance the kingdom. 
Apart from him, you can do things to build your kingdom. There's a lot of people on this earth that is, this is it. They're building a kingdom here on this earth. They have built whatever here on this earth. Praise God. Thank you, Jeff Bezos. We enjoy your products and your ability to get to our house very quickly. If we get too much control, though, not going there. Okay, so you can build a kingdom outside of his kingdom, but this is all it will ever be. I'd much rather be building his kingdom that I have eternal life than my kingdom where it's coming to a short end. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Working the system is staying connected to the vine. Verse number five, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a, a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. That sounds a lot like hell. Um, Verse number seven, but if you remain in me and my word remains in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are what? My true disciples. This brings great joy to who? My father. This is right out of the mouth of Jesus. Now, this is where from a, 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 a doctrine standpoint and a theology standpoint, we do not believe in once saved, always saved. I think that's bad theology. I've had people leave the church because I made that statement. But the reality is out of the mouth of Jesus, what is he saying? If you're not producing fruit, my father cuts off those branches. And guess what I do? I bunch those things up and I light a fire on it, okay? I'm from the country. We like bonfires. What's the reality? Jesus is like, hey, you got to remain in me. you got to build this biblical rhythm into your life as a follower of mine. If you depart from me... I'm going to depart from you. You're going to lose your ability to produce kingdom fruit. You may be able to take godly principles apart from him and build something, but you're not building the kingdom. I'm going to cut those things off. Here's the beautiful thing. I also love what he says here. You have been pruned by this message. So no matter how far you get down the road, you're connected to the vine, you're producing fruit. You still need to be pruned. Doesn't matter how long you've known Jesus. Come on. We should always be saying, pull out the pruners. God, you have the pruners on me. You want to cut something off, cut it off. We've already talked about that last week, right? Jesus already said, gouge it out, cut it off, whatever you need to do. But pruning, this is what keeps faith healthy and alive. This is what keeps relationships healthy and alive, keeping it exciting, taking your wife to Austin for three days without kids, amen. <laughs> Rooftop terrace, yes, Lord. Say, girl, you looking good. Y'all see my quote on Instagram? She looked like a fortune teller. But the day I met her, she, what was, what was I but the day I met her, she was destined to be a part of my future. That came from the heart, baby. That's right. She was blushing and everything. I was like, girl, I still got it. Don't you worry about that. Don't you worry about that, girl. 15 years, I still got it, okay? No little... Okay. Um, but uh, I'm just playing, you know? I feel like I'm, t I'm talking myself up, you know. Was it, was it all right, babe? She's like, oh. I ain't taking you nowhere ever again. What was I saying? Keeping it fresh. Keeping it fresh in relationship, right? This is what keeps it fresh. 
right? You want to produce fruit. You want results out of it. This is where it doesn't matter if you're 20, 60, 40, 80, 95, 105, whatever it may be. 865, was that Methuselah? 965 Methuselah's age, whatever it was. It keeps it fresh. Oldest man in the Bible. Somebody's like, what? Oldest man in the Bible. Methuselah. If we're always in a place where we realize there's an evaluation of our living, it keeps it fresh. If we get comfortable, it's like, well, I don't have to continue to do the things that I used to do to create those results. I'll just rest on my laurels and call it a day. That's how things get stale real quick. That's where you get really religious real quick because you know what you're supposed to be doing and what you're not doing. And then when you see somebody else doing it and getting the results, now you become envious. And the only way to protect yourself from the shame that comes with that is now you're judgmental towards them because they're not as good as you. That's what we call whitewashed tombs. That's what Jesus says. That's why you got to be careful. I can go down that road all day long. Jesus spoke to him and said, you cross, you, know, you cross land and sea in order to save somebody, and when you find them, you make them twice the sinner as yourself. Why? Because they were jacked up on the inside, and now they're jacking somebody else up. Keeping it fresh, the main thing, the main thing. Do you know Jesus? Are you living a life every single day dependent on him, connected to the vine? Is your heart seeking him in every way, shape, and form? Well, then the way that their lives look and playing out is going to be different. It looks different. Everybody's life is different. You may start it off with the foundation in Christ. So therefore, your life today, there's an expectation for you to be in the Super Bowl, but they're not there yet. And for them just to be in the peewees, that is the Super Bowl. But you can't be in the Super Bowl looking down at the peewees being like, they have no chance. Look how terrible they are. They can't even play the game. Spiritual ignorance will lead a life of disconnect, right? He would leave the 99 and go after the one for the purpose of, I'm going to display to you the value of God's heart. Key. Key. Remain in him. It's all I'm saying. Doesn't matter how long you've known Jesus, are you remaining in him? Doesn't matter how long you've been saved, are you remaining in him? Do you have that biblical rhythm every single day where your heart is pointed towards him? Not showing up on Sunday, right? Showing up on Sunday is the least you can do. Right? It's the least you can do. That's a part of the Ten Commandments. That's like, duh. It's like, don't kill somebody. Duh. Right? <laughs> That's a Ten Commandment, right? Like, do I get a cookie for not killing somebody? No. Do I get a cookie for showing up to church? No. Right? It's dumb moments. Remain in him. Build it into the rhythm of life. This is what I do every single day. This is my flow. Now, when I'm talking about the living, you've got to be careful that you're not just like, oh, it just live righteously. Living righteously is a loaded statement right there. That's generosity, that's obedience, that's you know, your words, what you say, what is flowing out of your heart, what you are viewing in content in your life. That's like multifaceted, okay? Don't just take it as like, oh, I got to live for Jesus every single day. I got to be nice to people. No, it's you need to be a righteous individual that follows Jesus. We need to be that every single day, honoring God with our lives. Remain in him and he will remain in us. We can see inside of scripture that those that remained in him built a life in a rhythm, a spiritual rhythm, saw the results, not just the effects of righteous living. You can see this in Hebrews 11 that would go through an entire 
chapter in Hebrews 11 to talk about fathers of the faith, individuals that had the rhythm, no matter what season of life they were in, had the rhythm to see the results, not just the effects. Hebrews 11 would say it this way, faith shows there the reality of what we hope for is the evidence of things we cannot see, positioning our heart to say, God, you're going to move but we don't see it necessarily happening. Our rhythm is constantly to honor you, hoping that God is gonna be a part of our future and make a way where we don't see the way. He's gonna bless whenever we need to get blessed. He's gonna protect whenever we need to be protected. He's gonna provide whenever we need provision. I'm operating in a rhythm of faith without ever seeing the results, right? Because walking it out now produces the results. These are the fathers of the faith. So first number four, it says, it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. It was by, go with me now, don't go to sleep now. It was by, that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. It was by, by faith, that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. It was by, Abraham obeyed God, called him, to, and called him to leave his home and to go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. It was by, that Sarah was able to have a child after all those years of not having a ba- being able to have a baby. Verse number 17, it was by Abraham offered Isaac as, as a sacrifice when God was testing him. It was by that Isaac promised blessing for the future of his sons. It was by that Jacob, whenever he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed uh, in worship as he leaned on his staff. It was by Joseph, when he was uh, about to die, said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. He was there, but he already saw that God was going to make a way for them to get back to the promised land. It was by Moses' parents hit him uh, for three months whenever he was born. It was by Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. It was by the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as they were uh, on dry land. It was by, come on, we're almost there. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. It was by that Rahab, the prostitute, was not destroyed whenever the people of their city who refused to obey God. By faith, these individuals had a rhythm. There's a lot of them. Now, I love what he says inside here, the writer of Hebrews. We don't necessarily know who it is. More than likely, it was Paul. But we believe here, he would go on to say this, how much more do I need to say It would take too long to recount the stories of all these other individuals and all the prophets by these people, uh, 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 people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fires, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned into strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. What is it saying? The rhythm of faith produced all these crazy things. And I'm telling you today, Pearl Street Church, if you ain't ready to face what our country's about to go through, you ain't going to make it. I'm going to tell you right now, you ain't going to make it. Them suckers are out for blood. They do not believe what we believe. They do not believe it. It is by faith that God moves. It is the rhythm to say we believe. We're working this biblical rhythm because we want to see righteous results. We're working a biblical rhythm. We want to see righteous results. No matter what we face or what we're going through or circumstances we are in, by faith, we're going to see these things happen. Our God is going to move. It is by 
faith. Now I can sit up here and I will sit up here and I always sit up here no matter if there's a gun to my face or not. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the Savior, Messiah. There's only one way to get to eternal life. It is through him. I will constantly declare that. The message is never going to change. The word says it. I'm going to live it. It doesn't matter. I've already told my entire staff, if there is a gun to my face, you better believe I'm the first one to take the bullet. Because that's who I am as pastor of Pearl Street Church. I'm not trying to bring fear in anybody. Who knows? It could come in like 50 years. It may never come. But I've already decided in my heart, I'm ready. Because I truly believe that this is the truth that the earth and the world desperately needs. It's not going to come from self-help. It's not going to come from meditation. It's not going to come from yoga, whatever all this stuff is. <laughs> the peace that is coming to the world that is desperately needed is in the plan that God has for us. It's through his son, Jesus Christ. That is it. No matter how muddy we want to make the waters for peace and love, as Jesus said, this is a war against good and evil. Good and evil. This is not Muslim or Christian. This is not black or white. They want you to think that so that you'll be divided. So that we'll be divided. This is good and evil. And good comes from God's word. If you don't know it, you won't live it. You don't know it, you'll be caught up in the craziness of this world. It's good and evil, as simple as that. So you got to know it. You got to trust God with it, pray, to be able to live it. Simple. As simple as it is, as I started this whole thing off, we know what produces results. But sometimes we get comfortable just with the effects. Man, back to the basics. This is fundamental. We want God to move. We don't want it just to be in word. We want it to be in deed. We don't want to just be knowers of the word. We want to be doers of the word. We want to live it. Now, I can preach it, and I will preach it, as I said. The last thing I'll leave you with is you don't just have to take my word for it. Come on, anybody remember... Uh, the Reading Rainbow back in the day. The tagline was this. Here's some other books that you might like, but you don't have to take my word for it. Hey! You don't just have to take my word for it <laughs> or Reading Rainbow's word for it, right? <laughs> Stuff that goes through my head when I'm writing messages is awesome. <laughs> Y'all get like 10% of it. <laughs> You'll get the filtered version that makes sense. Or not, whatever. <laughs> But the beauty is that we're coming off a 21-day fast and there was a whole lot of people in our church that were putting God to the test by pushing away from some natural thing and pushing into or pulling away from natural and pushing into the spiritual. And man, God's moved. There's individuals inside of our church that had a 21-day fast and were praying that God would show up in their finances and man, they got hired. There's another individual inside of our church that was praying for restoration in their marriage. Their husband decided, you know what? I want to go to a spiritual council with you guys. Another individual said, you know what? Another individual said, God, you know, I, I want to be able to be a witness for you. And their co-worker's been coming to church for the last two weeks. They're like, man, it's, it's, God's moving. Another individual in our church, you know, has applied to med school. And over the last, uh, last year, he got zero interviews to med school. And just over the fast this year, he already has three, and he's waiting on a couple more confirmations. Amen. We have individuals in our church that... 
prayed for God and, uh, to give more int intimacy in their, their relationship. And God showed up on their behalf. And today they feel more connected to God than they've ever been connected in their entire lives by pushing away and push, pressing in. Amen. Another individual prayed that because of the circumstances this year, last year of getting divorced and now being single, they refinanced their house and they just got approved to refinance their house and have themselves in a position where they can get rooted into this new place and this new space that, that they're in and this new season of life. And they're just thanking God that he showed up in the middle of their circumstances. Another individual prayed for an individual in their life that was, has been in a struggle. And man, God has shown up in that individual's life in such a profound way. But also with that, this individual has seen God move in their own life, that God is speaking directly to them on the circumstances around this individual that they're praying over. One of the key things God said in all of this to her is, I am working. I mean, there's no better place to be in your life than you putting the faith to the test and God showing up and being faithful. Nobody can tell you any different. Your God isn't real. Yeah, uh-huh. Thank you. You can go meditate for 10 hours but I'm just going to pray for two and my God's going to show up. Whatever you want to do, whatever effects you want to think you got, I'm working with results because I'm putting these rhythms to play. Because whoever wants to increase in their faith, they got to work the rhythm. If you want to increase in your favor in your life, you got to work the biblical rhythm. If you, then he. If you, then he. If you want to increase peace in your life, you got to work the rhythm. If you want to increase joy in your life, you got to work the rhythm. If you want to increase joy in your life and confidence in your life, work the rhythm. If you want financial blessing, work the rhythm. You want protection, work the rhythm. Today, it's not just something that we think we want. It's something that we do. This is literally the layout for spiritual rhythms for the dummies, right? Spiritual Rhythm for Dummies, the books, you know, they got them out there, right? Cooking for Dummies. Spiritual Rhythm for Dummies is simply, I know what God's word says because I read it. I walk by faith and trust God that he's going to do what his word says and he's going to give me the strength to press through. I step out of my house and I live it every single day. I put God to the test. I live it. And then when I get caught up, all good. The joy of the Lord is, comes in the morning. Wake back up. Hit the reset button. I know what God's word says because I read it. Got the joy of the Lord upon me and the strength in me because I'm praying. Now I go live it. And no matter what, when we work in the biblical rhythm, God's already working. Because it's if we, then he. Not if he, then we, because we are already in the, we working it because he already has, right? We're working it, he's working it. Now, just because there's not answered prayers doesn't mean he's not working. Just because we, we, we're, we're feeling the effects today, maybe we've just started in some things, good. But you're still looking for the results. You're still looking for the miracle. You're still looking for the restoration. You're still looking for the joy. You're still looking for the peace. Cool. Don't stop the rhythm, right? Don't stop the rhythm. Keep it going. We've, we talked five weeks of, man, the rhythm. There's good rhythm inside of there. Mind, body, soul, mind, body, soul, all of that. Work, work it. 
Some things you have the effects for years before you ever see the results, right? As I said, 21 days to build, form a habit, three days to lose it. 21 days, but 21 days just gets the ball rolling. It could take six months before you ever see the results. It could be three years. Your marriage could be in shambles right now, but it may take six months before you see that rhythm again. You may, before you see that fire, that passion again, all good, keep on working at it. Because even when we don't see it, he's working. What I want us to do is just declare, we're going to sing this song, that even when we don't see it, he's working. He never stops and he never stops working. And I just want us to sing this over our lives today, over our rhythm right now, where we are at in the season as a culture, as a people, that we're going to work the rhythm. We're going to feel the effects, but we're waiting for the results. We're waiting. We want to, we, we're pressing through for the results. Come on, can we just stand up to our feet as these guys just begin to pour in and press in here? Come on, they just begin to sing here. We're just going to believe, God, you're going to be moving. You never stop. Come on.